G'day, thanks for joining me. This is Astronomy Daily, a daily look at astronomy and space science uh, in the news right now. My name is Andrew Dunkley, your host. It's great to have your company. And joining me is our AI reporter, Hallie or Haley. Which is it? Uh, is it Hallie or Haley? It's Hallie. Oh, so I've been getting it wrong all this time. Sorry. That's okay. Dave. Oh, I know who you've been talking to. That's not fair. People whispering behind my back in the office corridors. Gee whiz. The Astronomy Daily Podcast with Andrew Dunkley. All right, Hallie, let's uh, get the news, please. If you've been wondering about who gets to use the James Webb Space Telescope and who has higher priority, here's the answer. The selection process was designed to give everyone a fair chance of gaining time for their personal programs and projects. Interestingly, the lessons of the past were factored in when it was realized that unconscious biases were a problem when people lobbied for time on the Hubble telescope. This time, the decisions were made based entirely on scientific merit, ahead of who put the application in. The applications were judged blindly, so biases were not possible, including gender bias issues. Now to Mars. The latest news from the Red Planet suggests that it might, once, have been covered in lakes rather than oceans. Since robotic exploration began on Mars, scientists have been curious about the features we see on the surface, including valleys, lake beds and even channels which are all suspected to have been created by water. New research from Dr. Joseph Machoksai with the Department of Earth Sciences has now been published. He collated data from the Curiosity and Perseverance projects which suggests that our understanding of surface water on Mars might be understated by a significant amount and that lakes were probably a very common feature on the planet. Machoksai believes that up to 70% of the lakes that once existed on Mars are yet to be discovered, and compares his findings to that of Earth where most lakes are under 100 square kilometers in size. Still on Mars and its water, the China National Space Administration has released data from its Mars probe, Tianwen-1. It's the first time they've released any information from their time orbiting the planet. So far the probe has been at Mars for 780-plus days and the rover, Jerome, has moved almost 2 kilometers on the Martian surface. Chinese scientists say they have studied geological features and water activity on the planet and found hydrated minerals and believe the region they've been studying has a lot of liquid water activity. They've also the soil to have a high bearing strength and low friction parameters which suggests the area must have been very windy, with possible water erosion. The studies have been published in Nature Astronomy, Nature Geosciences, and Science Advances. And a company called Intuitive Machines which works in space exploration and infrastructure has announced they have signed an agreement that will see them go public. It's been nine years since the company was established and with the United States heavily committed to space exploration, companies like Intuitive Machines stand to profit from the services they offer. With a forecast annual revenue of over $100 million this year, listing on the Nasdaq is the next move in the company's evolution. And they probably won't be the last one to make the move. And that's the news, Andrew. Yeah, that's fascinating. And yes, I think you're right. I think uh, quite a few companies that uh, work exclusively in the area of space will probably start popping up uh, at a rate of knots, let's say. Thanks, Hallie. Uh, now to everyone's favourite topic, black holes. A study has been done on hundreds of black holes in the universe. 
This comes from astrophysicists at Yale University. They use data from the SWIFT satellite as well as ground-based telescopes, which they called the BASS project. That's B-A-S-S in bold letters, BASS being the BAT-AGN spectroscopic survey. They collected data from around 850 supermassive black holes that are locally active. Uh, To be more precise, that's where the AGN comes into the equation. These supermassive black holes power local active galactic nuclei, AGNs. Uh, The consensus, uh, that's what they're calling it, provides detailed measurements of the emission lines, black hole masses and distances from Earth for dozens of systems that weren't previously recognised. The BASS project revealed uh, a lot of their data in a special issue of Astrophysical Journal. For the record, supermassive black holes have masses that are between one million and billions of times the mass of our own sun. It's also been revealed that less than 10% of these black holes are actively growing. That's a relief. Now, the University of Colorado recently played host to hundreds of space executives and uh, nearly 200 companies that work in the space field. And they were there to hear from the US Space Force. And the topic was space domain awareness. It's a military term for space situational, uh, situational awareness. Now, one of the main users of SDA technology is the US Space Command, and one of its roles is to track objects in orbit and to issue collision warnings. And you might have, uh, if you're a Space Nuts listener, heard us talking about some of those situations. There uh, been a couple of occasions where the International Space Station has had to be moved uh, to avoid collisions. Well, that's what this is partially about. Um, now, yeah, as I said, one of the main users of SDA technology is US Space Command, and one of its roles is to track those objects in orbit and issue those collision warnings. Yeah, but it's uh, getting pretty busy up there these days, as you'll agree. The Department of Defence is looking to hand over some of that responsibility to the US Commerce Department in the next few years so that military space operators can focus more on space domain awareness. Sounds very sinister, doesn't it? There's a lot more to it than that, but I think you get the general drift. Probably something we'll hear a lot more about in the future. Now to Europe. A team from the Max Planck Institute of Radio Astronomy in Germany has discovered alcohol in space. Are you surprised that it was the Germans? Neither am I. Uh, According to the researchers, the largest alcohol molecule ever found in space is near the centre of the Milky Way. Now, what kind of alcohol can you put with milk? Tia Maria. Mm. Uh, A finding uh, that could help us better understand how stars are formed. Uh, Yep, Uh, in fact, there there are two types of alcohol that they've discovered. There's isopropanol, best known for its uh, use in hand sanitizer, for example, and normal propanol, uh, the other type of propanol alcohol that's um, chem- chemically similar to uh, the star Sagittarius B2. Uh, they behave in similar ways, meaning that the two molecules should be present in the same places at the same time. Uh, many questions, though, remain uh, surrounding the chemical processes involved in their birth. And while we still don't know for sure what kind of galactic mixology 
lovely words, uh, produced stars and other celestial objects, the discovery of huge alcohol isomers could bring us a step closer to getting the recipe. Should we be surprised that alcohol was involved? Probably not. The Astronomy Daily Podcast with Andrew Dunkley. Finally, to a question that comes up a lot from Space Nuts listeners, is the universe flat? Is it a sphere bursting out in all directions at the same time? Or is it something else? Well, new research suggests, not confirmed, but suggests it's more like a donut. Scientists in Europe say our universe may not be expanding outwards in all directions at all. Instead, it may be rolled around itself like a gigantic cosmic donut. And while the idea hasn't been definitely proven, it does present some interesting implications for the structure, behaviour, and ultimate fate of our universe. If the donut universe hypothesis proves to be true, it would mean two things. A multiply-connected universe means that the cosmos is finite and smaller than expected. And here's the cruncher. It would also mean that our universe is doomed to collapse in on itself rather than expand indefinitely outwards. Let's hope they're wrong. Um, We're just about finished. You got anything else, Hayley? Oh, sorry, Hallie? Yes, Andrew. It's get ready day today. Is it? It's a public awareness day for people to get ready for natural disasters. People can find out more at the Get Ready website. It was created about 15 years ago to help people get more proactive about protecting themselves and their property in times of disaster or a crisis like COVID-19. Well, there you go. I wasn't ready for that. Hmm. Um, Thanks for letting us know. And yeah, probably a good idea, especially now that the Northern Hemisphere is headed into spring and summer. Uh, That will bring about a lot of uh, areas facing storm seasons, hurricanes, typhoons, that kind of thing. We're kind of coming out of it, but we uh, in our part of the world are facing another wet summer and the potential for flooding. I'm told the Indian Ocean Dipole is super duper active at the moment. So there's another factor for us to, uh, to consider here. So yeah, get ready, Dave. What a good idea. Thanks, Hallie. We'll talk to you soon. Okay, Dave. Oops. I mean, Andrew. Bye. You, you why I order. All right. Um, thanks, Hallie. Uh, that's it for today's episode of Astronomy Daily. Don't forget to visit us on the website, spacenuts.io. Click on the Astronomy Daily tab up the top and you can catch up on all of those stories and much, much more. And don't forget to subscribe to the free newsletter while you're there so it pops into your inbox um, on a regular basis. And please leave your reviews. We love to know what you think of Astronomy Daily and thanks to everybody who's logged onto it so very, very quickly. We have uh, moved up the rankings so very fast, so much appreciated. Anyway, that's it for today. Thanks for joining us. We'll catch you next time. This is Andrew Dunkley for Astronomy Daily. The Astronomy Daily Podcast. With Andrew Dunkley.